you're trying to wave to the camera. Revelation chapter 12. As we've mentioned before, do remember that Revelation is a very difficult book to shoehorn into a chronological story. This is a series of visions that John was given to explain to John and to the church what God's purposes were for this world or what God's purposes are for the world. I've always considered, I am working on an outline. I'm trying not to copy everyone else's. I'm trying to get one in this. I wish I had this complete, but I don't consider myself a deep theologian. I'm not a disciplined theologian. I would not make a very good seminary professor. Uh, So what I put down, as I understand it, I don't have confidence to say, this is good stuff, you need to read this. I just want to be sure before I present it. But I was encouraged because I've always thought that Revelation 12 was key to understanding the whole book. And that's where we are tonight. And I was encouraged because I read Derek Thomas's commentary and he thinks the same thing. Oh, hey. So that's encouraging. Revelation 12, 1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, who, was, who is to rule the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she was, has placed a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great red dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, And his angels were thrown down with him. Pause for a moment. This doesn't read like the events of a story we read in modern time. And it's a little bit confusing to understand the process. You know, Western civilizations like to think in kind of chronological order. This happened, then this happened, then this happened, and this happened. 
But these visions, these glimpses of events in the spiritual realm seem to be jumbled up a little bit. So we need to be careful. It's not telling us that Satan was cast out of We understand Satan was once one of the most beautiful angels, one of the most beautiful archangels named Lucifer, who was cast down because of his pride. That didn't happen right after Christ was born. It happened sometime before, perhaps very soon after creation or before creation. We're not quite certain. And this seems to be I don't want to say confusing two events, but it does give us a glimpse into the purpose that Satan has behind his goal. Satan is always actively hostile toward the purposes of God. And that's what we see here. And we need to understand it. And the activity that he initiates in the spiritual realm plays out in earthly territory. Um... A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. We are seeing here what some, and particularly the Catholic Church, believes to be a description of Mother Mary giving birth to the Christ child. Well, in this the Christ child, I believe, is involved in this brief passage. But you need to also understand that John is speaking in general terms. He's not speaking about a specific woman. He is speaking about the descendants or the, or the race of Israel who gave birth. That, that's the mother. Or we could say the church of Old Testament Israel is the mother. More general term, more general understanding, giving birth to the Christ child, and then behind that we see the active, hostile purpose of Satan trying to defeat the purposes of God. In verse 3, another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. Now when John wrote this, he's describing a political influence, a political power. He is talking about Rome's influence. The seven heads, or, yeah, seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems, or seven crowns on his head. He's talking about the Roman Empire and all of the 
countries that they ruled over. So, listen carefully. Satan's influence played out in this real-life world is very often played out in political forces. I have to say that if you're going not if, if you're going to get anything out of Revelation, if you're going to get anything about out of out, out of understanding what's going on with the persecution of Christians, it is coming at us from unbelieving political influence in this world, in this life. Yes, there is a spiritual battle in play, but it is being manifested in flesh and blood even today, as it was in John's time. In verse 4, he reminds us who this dragon is. His tail swept down a third of the stars in heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child who is to rule the, all the nations with a rod of iron. Excuse me. So we think back on the birth of the Lord Jesus and what was his, what was one of the things that we saw happen? King Herod found out about it and wanted him dead. A political leader was used by Satan in an attempt to put the Christ child to death. But God the Father intervened. I should have written this down. 1 John 3.8 We see that Satan is actively hostile, trying to defeat the works of God. In 1 John 3.8 we see what purpose Christ was brought into this world. Uh, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So we see there is war between Lucifer and the Son of God. And Christ, the Son of God, has supreme authority over the devil. They are not balanced equal forces. There is no yin or yang. Satan does not hold a candle to the Lord because Satan is a created being and the Lord is eternal. Satan has an end. The Lord has no end. The Lord created. Satan cannot do anything 
like creation. He can deceive, he can lie, he can manipulate. That is about all he can do. So you need to understand that. That's why when we read the Scripture and we study Scripture, and we try and use the wisdom of Scripture to discern things in this world, we need to kind of go with this world as a bit of a skeptic. You hear somebody try and portray some seven principles of wisdom to you in order to make you wealthy? Mm, I'm not quite so sure I would trust that. Especially if he's got a big garage full of black Corvettes. Be very skeptical of people in this world who will tell you that the Bible doesn't mean this, it means this. They are being deceivers. I'm sorry, just slow down a little bit. See, I was born and raised in the South, and we don't talk real quick, so just repeat what you just said and just slow down so I can understand you. I'm sorry. It's not your fault, it's mine. Yeah, right, very good. If you say something wrong, it's all right for someone to correct you. You should not be upset about it if they do it graciously. If they first yell at you, why don't you just shut up? You don't believe Then that's kind of a rude way to correct someone. But yeah, I agree with you. Is that all? Okay. We, ha we find some encouragement in this at the end of verse 5. We've already read it. This male child is one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. His authority will be supreme. His authority will be final. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. A very quick general picture of his resurrection and ascension. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she was placed by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. And we want to be very careful with these numbers. We cannot pin specific measurement to them. And then John goes, and I'm going to return to this in a minute, John goes, verse 7, John talks a little bit more specifically about Satan. How, where did this dragon come from? Where did this serpent come from? And he says in verse 7, War arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he, but he the dragon, was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. 
can't understand this. We're not sure specifically when it happened. We do know that it did happen because Scripture says it happened. But Lucifer, as we saw in Ezekiel 28 a couple of weeks ago, described as someone who was beautiful and someone who was in Eden, became proud and wanted to exalt himself above the throne of God. And for that reason, he was cast out of heaven along with those whom would mount up with him against the Lord. Yeah, he did. He did still have access to heaven. Um, we, he, he was allowed into heaven to taunt God about Job. Uh, we don't know how often he has been there. We do know that when the Lord himself sent out the 70 disciples to evangelize Jerusalem and Judea, they came back rejoicing and the Lord said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then in another passage, in Matthew's Gospel, the Lord talks about you cannot go into a strong man's house and rob the strong man unless the strong man is bound. I believe he was talking about that. That was very likely the time when Satan was bound, taken under control, cast out of heaven, not as Lucifer falling a serpent, but as given, been given access to heaven, to the courts of heaven. So during this, this, this age, Satan himself, I believe, is on a short chain. I think that his, the angels that were cast out with him, who we understand as demons, very probably have a little more influence than Satan himself. There are very few Christians who are spiritually strong enough to be a threat to the serpent. Several of you are old enough to remember Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. Mm, no. We aren't enough of a threat to get the devil. It's, it's our own desire, our own sin that causes us to stumble. It's our own rebellion that causes us to stumble. I do believe that there are active spiritual forces under Lucifer's authority, active in this world today. They want to deceive. They will and sometimes do possess. I want to 
be very careful not to go too far afield because I'm going to sound like I wear tinfoil hats when I get home. But I believe the influence is real. And I believe that they want to thwart the purposes of Christ. He's the deceiver of the whole world. He can be connected to the rider of the pale horse in 6.8. He's the one who brings death. He has been described as Apollyon in 9.11 and Abaddon, uh, death and destruction. He is the beast who was released from the... He is the... What did I say? He is the beast who was released from the abyss in 11.7. Verse 10, John wrote, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Just like Job, just like he accused Job, he is the accuser. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of his testimony, word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives unto death. What we need to see here also is that the people of God are involved and caught up in this spiritual warfare. That's why we need to have fearless trust. Everything in this world, everything, will eventually be consumed by fire. We'll see that later on in Revelation. Everything here is temporary. Everything is going to be purified and renewed. So don't be so in love with what is here. Trust in the one who will give you eternal life. They have conquered him by the blood. They have conquered Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. These words from John are very gracious. Um, I 
and what John, I believe, is playing on here is Israel's idea and understanding fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to flee from the serpent into the wilderness. When you talked to a Jewish Christian in those days, they were very well steeped in the understanding that that word wilderness conjured up feelings of the wandering of the people of Israel after Egypt. And I had a, I don't know where I put it, I had a note down here. There is a passage in Deuteronomy. I want to say it's 28, but I'm, um, I'm not quite sure. Where it talks about the wandering in Israel was to test and to prepare the people of Israel. So if we see this woman who has given birth flee from the serpent into the wilderness John is giving us a vision of the people of God who since the ascension of Christ at least have kind of been wandering in the wilderness to be tested to be prepared and equipped for the day that he will return does that make sense? The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep away the f with a flood, but the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened his mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Again, I believe this is just drawing upon the pictures, the vision, the ideas of the Red Sea passing. I'm sure if Satan had authority over that event, they would have all been drowned. The dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. Again, people of God are involved in spiritual warfare. He went off to make war on these who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Any questions? Yeah. 
uh, he has to have permission to uh, make war on the believers, but he has a little more free reign on those who do not believe. In uh, we don't have time to go all the way through 13, but in chapter 13, verse 7, uh, talking about there's two beasts mentioned: one that came out of the sea and one that came out of the earth. Verse 7, also it was allowed, this is the one from the sea, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. And then everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the Lamb that was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. So this beast, which is this in chapter 13 is talking about a beast under the influence of Satan. I believe it is more of a political entity or a political government or political governments under the authority of Satan are allowed to make war and conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. So there's going to be some influence over the people of God for a while. And everyone on this earth who do not believe will worship it. But the people of God will not worship it. Even, even though it may have some sway over our lives for a while. They will not worship it. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we look back at the Old Testament saints, Daniel and the prophets, and we see that they suffered tremendous persecution for their faith. And most of the prophets suffered the persecution from their own people. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael, those were their real names. They suffered some persecution under Babylon and Persia. But they were faithful. And we can give you account after account, story after story of Christians who have faithfully been serving the Lord and still been persecuted. So... We can expect it. We can prepare for it. But it is temporary. Any other questions? Yeah, it's it's part of the vision that reminds Israel how God the people of Israel, the early Christians, how God protected Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be persecution. It can just be placing temptations before your very life that you have no business in being involved in. That happens most often. Just anything to distract the people of God. Material things, sensual things, 
uh, pleasures that do not belong to us, all of that can be used to thwart the Lord's influence in your life. And you would not even recognize it as a spiritual force at play, but that's what's going on. We need to be very aware that, as Paul said in Ephesians 6, or in Ephesians 1, and then talks about armor in Ephesians 6, he is the spirit of the power of the air. He has been given influence and authority, limited authority in this world. But he is a deceiver. And he will make himself look good and pretty and beautiful. But he is a liar. Yes. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point, too. Good observation. You're going to make a fine theologian. Any other questions? Is this helpful or confusing? Good. Right. Right. That's right. And that's, yeah. Yeah. When does it ever stop? That's why John, at the very beginning of the book, says, all who read this book will be blessed. That's our blessing, to understand what he is telling us, what to expect, how things play out, 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together and for this wisdom that we find in your word. And we pray that as your light illumines our understanding, may it also encourage our hearts and give us, give us courage to press on, to be faithful for your service and for your glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.